And you're on right now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo Five O Radio Network. Coming to you from Florida's beautiful Treasure Coast and bringing you the news behind the news, the story behind the story. Here to convince you that reality is usually scoffed at and illusion is usually king. We're live on iHeartRadio and available as a podcast on iTunes, TuneIn, Spreaker, Spotify. You can follow me on Twitter at RightNowJimDawes or shoot me an email at RightNowJimDawes at gmail.com or call the vent line and raise hell at 772-245-0750. That's 772-245-0750. Oh man, where to start? Where to start? Hump day, hump day, woohoo! Well, they had a uh, a primary election in uh, Massachusetts last night. Normally, that wouldn't be worthy of comment, but uh, you know, Massachusetts is Massachusetts. Those people are crazy. Can't figure them out. I've known a lot of people from Massachusetts. Most of them seem like really good people, but uh, they elect the most idiotic, lunatic politicians. In the uh, in the in the nation, and last night they had uh, these primaries, and uh, the the marquee race was uh, uh, little Joe Biden against uh, Ed Markey. Ed Markey is uh, he's been in Washington for forty years or so. He's another one of those uh, those Joe Biden types. He's only been in the Senate, I think, for. One and a half terms, he won a special election, and then he uh, he won re-election. But he uh, one of the Kennedy clan, the young ginger uh, Kennedy, uh, challenged him, abandoned his seat that's uh, in such a, a far-left district now that he was going to be challenged by one of these AOC types, these, uh, these squad members, and he was going to lose that seat. So he decided it was time to step on up to the Senate and carry on the – Kennedy family tradition. Now, <laughs> normally, uh, Kennedy in Massachusetts, of course, would be a shoe in for whatever office he wanted. All he has to do is have the name. Uh, that's how bad Massachusetts was. But now, Massachusetts is even worse because even a Kennedy, with their far left quackery that they're trying to, uh, you know, Put on the United States, Ted Kennedy was responsible for the 1965 Immigration Act, which is totally, in uh, in just a couple of generations, completely altered the uh, the demographics of this country, and purposely so. That's what it was designed to do. But in this case, young Kennedy was going up against Ed Markey. What what, what does Ed Markey have? How is he going to vanquish the mighty Kennedys? Well. Ed Markey is um, is one of the squad. He is uh, the the most uh, Democrat socialist adherent to the AOC wing of the party in the United States Senate. He came out right after AOC arrived in Washington and introduced her bogus Green New Deal, and he signed on to it immediately. He he took it and sponsored it in the U.S. Senate. And here is what it sounded like uh, back in 2018, or Yeah, Thank you all for being here today on this uh, very important moment. I want to thank my fantastic partner on this Green New Deal resolution, Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. I want to thank all of the House and Senate members. Now, keep in mind what you're seeing here. This is a, a freshman senator has just arrived in Washington with the most radical agenda of any uh, House member. And now you've got the s- incumbent senator from the state of Massachusetts immediately signing on to her agenda. Members who are gathered here uh, with uh, uh, many others who have signed on or will be signing on to this resolution. Uh, This is an incredible moment uh, because all of the supporters who are here today support the climate 
clean energy, social justice, public health, grassroots organizations that make up the most powerful movement organizing in the United States today. Well, it's definitely the most powerful movement organizing in the Democrat Party, and Ed Markey demonstrated that yesterday. Because Massachusetts has entered a whole new phase. We have rejected the Kennedys. The Kennedys are too soft. The Kennedys aren't woke enough. And and so we're going to put Ed Markey, who, by the way, doesn't even live in Massachusetts. He he doesn't even maintain a household. He's uh, an undercover uh, reporter went up there looking at the address and and it uh, it was uh, unoccupied. It was a rundown, dirt cheap apartment uh, that had been locked up for months and months. So what is this Green New Deal? In case you have forgotten, of course, it uh, it says that it's going to eliminate all fossil fuels, all fossil fuel production, which would, of course, destroy American life as we know it. It would wreck our manufacturing sector. It would make it impossible. People would freeze to death and die of heat stroke. And in case, you know, they, you thought, well, hell, we'll just transfer over to nuclear energy. Oh, hell no. It calls for the elimination of all nuclear power, the cleanest, most sustainable uh, form of power. Wants to take all the cars off the road. Well, not all the cars, 99% of all cars. I guess we would uh, we would end up in, in one of those Flintstone cars where we would, uh, you know, have footholds in the bottom and we would... We would motivate around like that, of course, and it would end air travel. Replace the internal combustion engine entirely within 10 years. It would require that you gut every building in America and retrofit it to be energy efficient. They don't stop to think how many natural resources that would take. But, you know, it wasn't really all about Green New Deal because it also guaranteed a government job for everybody Uh, at a family-sustaining living wage. That is, (laughs) I mean, that is Marxism. You guarantee everybody a government job. If you've got a guaranteed job, you don't have to work for it. You don't have to worry about disciplinary issues. You can, hell, you've got a guaranteed job with a a guaranteed family uh, living wage medical, uh, uh, insurance, vacations, and, and a pension. (laughs) Why would anybody work in the private sector? Free education for life is part of the green new deal on what, what the hell is, uh, uh, the climate change got to do with free education for life guarantees a, a healthy food diet and a house. Don't forget. You got to have a house. So the Green New Deal guarantees safe, affordable housing and free money, economic security. Oh, and just as a side, you know, just as a guaranteed bonus, we're going to get rid of all cows. They fart too much. (laughs) This is what Massachusetts rejected a, a Kennedy for. Shoot me an email or or drop me a a voicemail. Let me know what the hell is going on with these people in Massachusetts. I've never actually been to the state. Like I said, I met a lot of Massachusetts, I guess they call them. Seem like decent people. I don't understand what's going on. Well, uh, uh, one of these Bloomberg-funded strategy groups that's designed to steal the upcoming election is uh, is laying the groundwork uh, with what they call the red mirage, and uh, and they're saying that uh, after the election night, that uh, Donald Trump will be ahead by a landslide, but in the weeks to follow, that overwhelming victory will be overcome by the Democrats' vote by mail schemes. This group's called Hawkfish, and they predict that uh, after the election, what are the numbers? Uh, 
Trump will lead by 408 electoral votes to Biden's 130. But after this mail harvesting scheme that the Democrats have perfected in California, Biden will pull ahead by uh, 334 to 204 electoral votes. I mean, they're telling you what they're doing. Of course, you can remember when Hillary Clinton uh, was also laying the groundwork when she said this. So we've got to have a massive legal operation. I know the Biden campaign is working on that. We have to have poll workers, and I urge people who are able to uh, be a poll worker. Let me stop right there and mention this. A lot of these woke companies now are saying that they will pay their employees to be poll workers. How is that not election interference? You can't pay poll workers if you've got an agenda, if you've got a a bias. Several of these woke companies, Black Lives Matter contributors, campaign contributors for Joe Biden, are now announcing that they are going to pay their employees to work at the polls. We have to have our own uh, teams of people to counter the the force of intimidation that the Republicans and Trump are going to put outside polling places. Yes, these uh, police officers that will be present to keep the Black Lives Matter and Antifa goons from standing out there and trying to intimidate people at majority Republican precincts. This is a big organizational challenge, but at least we know more about what they're going to do. And, you know, Joe Biden should not concede under any circumstances. Joe Biden should not concede under any circumstances. (laughs) Remember the talk that they kept preaching? Oh, you have to accept the results of the election. Well, now that they see that they're going to lose yet another election... Joe Biden shouldn't concede under any circumstances. And, you know, Joe Biden should not concede under any circumstances because I think this is going to drag out. And eventually, I do believe he will win if we don't give an inch. That is exactly the template that they perfected in Orange County, California. After the election night, they looked at the numbers to see how many votes they had to generate and manufacture in order to take the election. And that's exactly what they did. I've seen it happen firsthand in Atlanta elections where, uh, you know, the the late um, returns come from these heavily um, well, in this case, it was Kasim Reed and then uh, Keisha Lance Bottom districts. Na- uh, uh, Nancy Norwood, not Nancy Norwood, uh, Norwood um, ran against them. She had a long, she was white, but she had a long history working, you know, grassroots in Atlanta. And uh, and the the Democrat machine moved in there and stole two elections from her. Here's a clip of Bill Whittle, who uh, does excellent work. I think he's uh, from Rebel Media on uh, this Red Mirage scheme that they're uh, they're laying the groundwork for. The entire idea of voting, of mail-in votes for an election is the end of democracy as we know it. It's the end of the republic. Precisely for the reasons that uh, that this article says, first of all, understand that they're not just doing a public service to their readers. They are prepping the battle space. What they are basically saying here is if it turns out that on the end of the night of the election, which is held on Election Day, that Donald Trump appears to have won. Don't let that fool you, because there may be ballot boxes filled with Democratic votes that haven't been counted yet. Specifically, remember uh, in Minnesota when Al Franken uh, defeated um, that uh, that conservative uh, Feinstein or Feingold? They found out at the end of the election how many votes they needed. And lo and behold, they found ballot boxes full of Democrat votes. 
and the trunk of a car. They also tried that in 2016, uh, 2018 here in Florida uh, when um, DeSantis won election down in, in Broward County. They were generating massive amounts of votes until the, uh, the authorities, the police came down there and stopped them. By mail ballots. Yeah. Yeah. And um, and and who's to say he's wrong. And since we're going to uh, go down this road, why should we stop counting a week after the election or a month? Why don't we just keep counting until um, Joe Biden has declared the winner? That was the strategy in 2000. They had uh, lost the, the vote. In Florida, they'd lost the count, but by a close enough margin that it triggered another recount. So they did another mechanical recount and Bush won again. And that was the end of it as far as the law is concerned. But the Democrats have no respect for law. So what they did was they continued to count and count and count and count and count. And then they got into this whole business of hanging chads and dimpled chads. And what was the voter really trying to? Uh, yeah, you're going to have uh Florida 2000 Bush versus Gore nationwide, especially in the upper Midwest where these Democrat governors that they, they got in in 2018 are blanketing the state with unaccountable ballots. You know, what you really need to know uh, behind all of this is it's traditionally Republicans that vote by mail in larger numbers. The very fact that the Democrats are hanging their hat on winning this election through mail-in ballots tells you exactly what's going on and that uh, they they have a plan for overcoming uh, a Trump victory on November 3rd. Stick with us. We'll be right back after this message. So you remember the uh, the Sturgis motorcycle rally? This was the 80th annual event. It happened uh, in the early part of August, first week in August, I think it was. Attendance at that rally was uh, down a little bit. It was uh, it was more than the uh, this year's organizers expected. They had a total of 462,000 attendees in that small little South Dakota town, and the media uh, told us that this was a super spreader event that this was going to result in massive infections and deaths and, uh, and that uh, it was irresponsible for these, these bikers waving their Trump flags to, uh, to get together like this. Well, now the numbers are in and they are minimal. These are uh, COVID cases that were diagnosed among the Sturgis attendees. And the people that live there in Sturgis. Now, you're assuming that all of these numbers uh, are as a result of the rally when, in fact, we know that's not the case. But in South Dakota, there was um, 88 people positively tested. Minnesota, 35. North Dakota, 21. Colorado, 20. Wyoming, 10. Nebraska, 7. Montana and New Hampshire, 6. Wisconsin, 2. And Washington, 1. There were no deaths and there were no hospitalizations. What we're learning now is that uh, 90% of these positive tests contain such low levels of the virus that they're incapable of causing illness or ever being transmitted. (laughs) It's just manufactured hysteria. And as a matter of fact, the more people that test positive, the better it is because then you develop an immune response in in somewhere between half and 80% of those cases. And these are the asymptomatic individuals. So once again, this is a narrative collapse. No, Sturgis didn't cause a spike in numbers. And, you know, people are starting to wise up to this. It reminds me of the riots. The mainstream media can only keep uh, a lid on reality for just so long. That's because of social media. And uh, here is a a fellow named Dr. Mark McDonald. I think he was one of the um, attendees at that 
that conference in Washington where they were talking about the benefits of hydroxychloroquine. He says it better in this clip than just about anybody I've ever heard. Hydroxychloroquine has been a safe and effective medication throughout the world for 65 years. It was developed from tree bark and then turned into quinine, which was used by the British in India to protect against malaria infections. Today, the synthetic form, which is hydroxychloroquine, is used throughout the world. It is actually a WHO-mandated necessary medication to keep to prevent against malaria pandemics. And it's been used in the United States for lupus and rheumatoid arthritis on a daily basis for decades in patients who take it every single day. Women, children, pregnant women, nursing mothers, and elderly adults. Even now in Africa, it's considered to be a supplement and sold over the county in many countries safely and effectively until this year hydroxychloroquine was considered to be safe for all people it was only after january of 2020 that hydroxychloroquine became the devil do you what do you think who's pushing against hydroxychloroquine who do you who's behind it well, I think there's a coalition of forces that are behind the push against hydroxychloroquine. It started in January when Gilead Pharmaceuticals announced some benefit to a patented drug called remdesivir that reduced hospital stay course for those with coronavirus by three or four days. Certainly meaningful, but certainly not curative. As soon as that happened, media, politicians, other special interest groups got on board with trying to stop hydroxychloroquine from being made available by doctors to their patients, and a whole campaign was set against it, including several research publications like The Lancet back in June that published fraudulent data that was later retracted. Yeah, this is, uh, this is all part of a scheme. I'm convinced of that. Testing, 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 that's what they told us. Now we find out that the testing is so sensitive that it, it uh, diagnoses people who have such low a viral load that they would never become sick and they would never be infectious. As soon as the death rate started going down due largely to Democrat governors forcing infected patients into nursing homes where the most vulnerable population resides, they, they uh, put their focus on the number of positive tests and we now know that these positive tests are almost absolutely meaningless. The only people that need to be tested are the people that are showing symptoms. I mean, I guess you can have enough viral load and be asymptomatic uh, and, and be contagious, but I don't even think that's the case. There's no argument whatsoever, not even close for keeping the schools closed. Those children do not develop enough viral load to become sick or transmittable unless they have other serious comorbidities. And those people know it and they can stay home and protect themselves. They've wrecked our economy. They've scared the bejesus out of everybody. And this whole episode is going to go down in history as one of the greatest episodes of mass hysteria in the history of the world. we got to run out to a break. Stick with us. We'll be right back on Right Now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo 5.0 Radio Network. Right now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo Five O Radio Network. Your daily journal of news, politics, and culture from an American nationalist perspective. You know, I, I left I left that last half hour talking about the the war against hydroxychloroquine. And we are just getting our asses kicked in the info wars with apologies from that lunatic. Alex Jones. <laughs> but, you know, a, a large part of this is because the culture has been taken away from pro-American people. The almost entire entertainment industry and now sports have all embraced 
this Marxist ideology coming from the left. And, uh, and now, you know, uh, people, if they want to stay true to the nation, they have to tune it all out and just forego, uh, these mundane distractions from Hollywood and, and, uh, pro sports. So, you know, whenever I find an alternative in, in culture, uh, I, I always, you know, like to take note of it and bookmark it. And I want to share you a clip here. This is on hydroxychloroquine. It's a, a singer songwriter named Ryan Parker. I think he's out of Kentucky. He's not getting the traction on social media. I think he should, uh, but it's good. Here is his song on hydroxychloroquine. If you're Republican, I'm sure you think that you would like a dose of zinc. If you get COVID, give you some hydroxychloroquine. Because you've seen reports from Dr. Oz and lots of others with no calls to lie or profit from prescribing something that has been around since 1955. It's helped so many stay alive. On top of that, it only costs about 10 bucks at most. If you're a Democrat, you'd rather wait for vaccines that they might create. Or if you get bad, then give you some IV remdesivir that only cost about one grand per dose. So don't misunderstand, you might be going bankrupt while they try to keep you here. The anecdotal study said that chloroquine was great, but double blinds by Fauci said, hold on, we better wait. And follow science if we can, but we all know and understand that studies and experiments can show you what you need. If you want to profit from this all, and if you want Trump to take the fall, you'll find a way to rig it and to satisfy your greed. So that's the situation that we find ourselves all in. And this has been the ballad of hydroxychloroquine. Order up a tonic water with a splash of gin and listen to the ballad of hydroxychloroquine. That's good stuff, man. That's uh, that's top-level songwriting right there. Reminds me of Don McLean and uh, American Pie, but it, th- that closing stanza is really true. Uh, if they're going to deny you hydroxychloroquine, you can get around it by by drinking uh, quinine water, gin and tonic. And uh, that's what they did in the old British Empire where they operated in places with uh, malaria. They uh, that's That was their drink of choice, no ice. You can take quinine and, uh, uh, and zinc and probably achieve uh, similar, if not, you know, quite as strong an effect brian parker though you need to uh to support this guy throw him a few bucks and uh and maybe he will end up uh, uh on your evening tv set so what are we going to talk about now nancy pelosi <laughs> what is with these democrat politicians getting caught uh violating their own demands that you stay at home and and wear a mask started with uh, Lori Lightfoot she got caught getting a haircut because she said well she, she takes her personal hygiene seriously <laughs> the rest of us don't she banned protests on this uh, her street while the rest of Chicago was uh, rioting and and crime was going through the roof Bill de Blasio in New York shut down all of the businesses, but continued to go to his gym in his, uh, his chauffeured limousine. Gretchen Whitmer husband caught, uh, you know, trying to browbeat, uh, a, a Marina operator into taking their boat out so that they could go out on the water after Gretchen Whitmer had banned people from being in motorboats. And Gavin Newsom, you know, during the lockdown, he tried to open his own winery or open it for business 
while he kept the rest of them shut down. But Nancy Pelosi now has been caught. She was home in San Francisco, probably camped out in front of her twin sub-zero refrigerators, munching on gourmet ice cream. But she needed her, her hairdo. She needed a hairdo, and so she uh, she called up the local um, her her hair guy, and he opened up a salon specifically for her where she was filmed or videoed uh, getting a you know uh, a shampoo, no social distancing, not wearing a mask. The same woman that is behind these lockdowns in San Francisco that are absolutely devastating businesses. Well, those rules don't apply for the, for her. Those are for the little people. I'm, I'm a big, important Washington, um, power broker rules. Don't apply to me. Here she is with a clip telling the rest of us, we have to pay attention to the science. And again, it just would not accept the science, the science, the science, the science that says you must have the science, the science, the science would, would not accept the science, the science, the science, the science that says you must test, tra- trace, treat. You must wear your mask. You must have sanitation. You must have social distancing. Well, the science, the science, the science suspends itself when it comes to these Democrat politicians, the Pritzker and the governor of of Illinois, at the same time he was uh, uh, banning people from traveling, he was sending his own family down to Florida to vacay. It's really unbelievable. In the District of Columbia, Mayor Bowser has uh, put together a panel that is now called for removing, relocating or contextualizing the monuments in D.C., the Washington Monuments, the Jefferson Memorial, I guess the Lincoln Memorial as well. They say they they can either be removed or relocated, or we can put a plaque on them contextualizing and telling telling the visitors just, despite the fact that we've built monuments to these people, they were really, really awful people. And, of course, it won't stop there. They'll put a plaque on it now, and then once they've trained enough people that, uh, you know, our, our founders were actually evil men, then they'll be blowing up the Washington Monument, toppling it. And this was another instance where Donald Trump called it. He knew that this is where it would all lead. Washington was a slave owner. Was George Washington a slave owner? So will George Washington now lose his status? Are we going to take down, excuse me, are we going to take down, are we going to take down statues to George Washington? How about Thomas Jefferson? What do you think of Thomas Jefferson? You like him? Okay, good. Are we going to take down the statue? Because he was a major slave owner. Now are we going to take down his statue? Are we going to take down Martin Luther King's statue? He was a major adulterer and there's good re- and plagiarist. And there's good reason to believe he was a rapist. Those records are sealed. So we won't know for a little while. But, you know, if we're going to start taking down statues to everybody's history, the left should not kid themselves that they are going to be immune to this. Hell, there's uh, statues of Bill Clinton all over. They, They would be prime targets, as would Barack Obama's statues. If you're still operating under the the notion that all of these riots are just organic grassroots revolt against police brutality, uh, you should dissuade yourself from that. This is an organized effort, well-funded effort. Hundreds of millions of dollars have been thrown at the Black Lives Matter movement. And Trump was in Kenosha yesterday uh, in support of the businesses that had been burned out and to offer them uh, relief, recovery relief. I'm not going to go into a lot of what uh, Trump said because, uh, you know, it was predictable. What do you say to people who have been betrayed by their local politicians who have thrown them to the mob and allowed 
their lives to be destroyed. But Bill Barr was also there, and he said something very interesting. We're picking up information that that uh, these violent instigators were coming to Kenosha. They were coming from California, Washington State, a lot from Chicago, and they were coming up to Kenosha. So we expected matters to get worse. Uh, the violence that erupted uh, shortly after the shooting is simply uh, not a legitimate response to a police shooting. And the looting and the arson were unacceptable. And as it progressed, it became more and more distant from the issue of racial justice. It was violence for violence sake. And once again, we saw the hijacking uh, of a protest by a hardcore group of, of radicals uh, who were carrying out, planning a coordinated violent attack on law enforcement, on public property, and on private property. And that can't be tolerated. These are the, the same people, many of them who came from out of town. Out of 175 arrests, 100 were from out of town. And some, uh, the, these are the same people using the same tactics that have been used in various cities, Washington, D.C., Atlanta, Chicago, now Kenosha, Portland. And uh, they use these black block tactics, throwing projectiles at police, uh, and literally trying to inflict injuries on police, arson, uh, and rioting. They came equipped, as even the mayor of Washington acknowledged, they come equipped to fight. And uh, it's completely unacceptable, and the state is the first line of defense. If, if local leaders are committed to keeping the public safe, it can be done. Oh, it can be done. It's very simple. You grab the first person that throws a rock. You grab the first person that breaks a window. You grab the first person that tries to start a fire. You throw their ass in jail and you keep them in jail. But we can't do that any longer, of course. Because Soros and his open border society have been very successful at, at hijacking these district attorney's offices. It wasn't an accident. It was a vulnerability that Soros identified in order to, to cause his, his um, agenda of chaos and anarchy that he benefits and profits from greatly. He did it throughout Europe. He's been uh, declared uh, uh, an enemy of the state in his home country of Hungary. I think I've got a clip here. This is a, a report from One American News. As riots erupt across the nation, one man is emerging as the face behind the violence, George Soros. The radical left-wing billionaire who's been declared an enemy of the state in his home country of Hungary has poured over $220 million into domestic terrorist organizations like Black Lives Matter. That's a drop thanks in the book. to Soros' work reforming the criminal justice system, these fascists are being released right back onto the streets as soon as they're arrested. And to do that, he's literally buying district attorneys in cities across the nation. These DAs are usually highly unqualified, such as the 2018 candidate for a district attorney that he spent millions backing in San Diego, Genevieve Jones-Wright. Normally, these unqualified DAs wouldn't stand a chance against someone like Summer Steffen in San Diego, who has had decades of experience and is very popular with her community and with police for being someone fair and trustworthy. But with a few million dollars help from George Soros, all that changes. And you suddenly have a candidate whose only experience as a public defender trying to keep criminals out of jail. Well, the public defender is a recurring theme with these Soros DA uh, bought and paid for candidates. Uh, they put a public defender as a district attorney in Philadelphia, in San Diego, uh, in San Francisco, I mean to say, um, in, uh, in Oakland, and now up in Seattle, Washington, not sure about uh, Portland, what, what his story is. He's, he's been a radical uh, for a long time. Back to this report. That's how you end up with DAs like Kim Fox in Cook County, Illinois. She won her election with money from Soros and then pushed through policies like not charging shoplifters who stole less than $1,000, which of 
this shoplifter um, thing is also reoccurring. That one of the very first things they do is uh, stop enforcing shoplifting below a thousand dollars, and of course, results in a breakdown of law and order where you have these these uh, gangs that uh, just flood into these stores and start filling their bags and then walk out and they're they're not prosecuted they may be arrested but as soon as uh, they their case gets to the DA bail free by the way they're released because of bail reform we're going to have a guest on tomorrow to talk about that they're turned right back out on the streets no charges so basically we've turned the people that are trying to conduct business into a source of free stuff for lawless people in these DA, uh, these Soros DA districts. Of course, saw a massive surge in shoplifting. If only someone could have seen that coming. She's also the same woman who disgraced herself with the mishandling of the Jesse Smollett's hate crime hoax against himself last year. She's under investigation by the state, but it's not going to come to anything, although she most certainly um, engaged in a selective non-prosecution in that case. We've got to run out to a break. Stick with us. We'll be right back. You know, apparently arson is no longer a crime. You had people breaking into the mayor of Portland's condo and setting a fire in the lobby, and there's been no arrests. There have been no arrests for any of these arsons that have taken place in Portland other than the federal arrests. Arson used to be a very serious crime because you you start start a small fire, even if it doesn't uh you know, grow, even if the fire department is able to get there and put it out in time, that is a huge threat to public safety. But now you've got, you know, arsons galore, thanks to Black Lives Matter and Antifa, where they're literally trying to burn down federal courthouses, union offices for the police department. I don't see any arrests. I don't see any perp walks. And this arson is being uh, conducted as a planned tactic in order to terrorize people's political enemies. Why is that not a civil rights violation? Isn't political violence supposed to be a civil rights violation? If you try to violate somebody's uh, political rights, or if, if you try to harm them based on their political beliefs, isn't that a civil rights violation? Got these idiots out there uh, shining powerful lasers into people's eyes. You don't see any prosecutions. And screaming in somebody's ear with a bullhorn that we see again and again, that's an assault. Those people should be immediately arrested. You can can, uh, put somebody's ear out. It's nothing less than an assault. But they're using these soft terrorism tactics, for lack of a better word, to, to, uh, to pursue their political ends. And, and when did it become okay? When did it become legal to get up into a policeman's face and scream vile insults into his face? You know, I've seen for a long time these police go to these training sessions where they're required to stand there and get used to people insulting them. That, that should not be allowed. You shouldn't be able to do that. Should it result in immediate arrest? They're harassing police officers and interfering in their performance of their duties. And what it does is it, it weakens a healthy respect for law and order and ultimately ends up into, in, in lawlessness and violent attacks on the police. And then that progresses to open incitement for uh, killing and assaults. This was uh, a scene in Washington, D.C. last week where one of these traveling incitement to riot operators was giving a speech there in the Black Lives Matter Plaza. 
grave. You hear what he just said? I'm at the point where I'm ready to put these police in a grave. That is a threat. That is, that's got to be illegal. I'm at the point where I'm ready to put these police in a fucking grave. I'm at the point where I want to burn the fucking White House down. Where do you recognize that statement? It was uh, right after Trump's inauguration that you had Madonna up there saying, I have dreamed of blowing up the White House. White House down. I want to take it to the senators. I want to take it to the Congress. I want to take the fight to them. That is that is insurrection. They ought to identify this guy. And it's not difficult. There's video all over social media of him saying these things. Find his ass. Throw him in jail. Prosecute him for terroristic threats, civil rights violations. And any number of other violations of the Insurrection Act. And at the end of the day, if they ain't going to hear us, we burn them the fuck down. He just said he's going to burn down the Senate and the House. I'm one that talk real shit. I talk it in New York and I talk it in D.C. The same way I fuck police up in New York, I fuck cops up here in D.C. The same way I bust police in the head in New York, I bust police in the head in D.C. Why isn't this guy in jail? What the hell, Bill Barr? What the hell, D.C. police? Grab this guy and throw his ass in jail. They probably got a George Soros DA in Washington, but uh, you can definitely make some federal charges stick. Man. What is happening to this country? California leads the way on a lot of these issues, of course. Out in California, the legislature in Sacramento recently passed a bill, Senate Bill 145. This bill lowers the sex, the the age of which an adult can have sex with a minor to 10 and allows the rapist, because anytime you're having sex, an adult is having sex with an underage minor, that is rape. A child is not competent to grant permission. There is no such thing as consensual sex between an adult and a minor. But this is... um, This says that if there's not an age difference of more than 10 years between the adult and the minor, that they are not automatically registered as a sex offender. So a 24-year-old could have sex with a 10-year-old, and they would not be necessarily considered a sex offender, or a 24-year-old with a 14-year-old. And their justification, if if you look this up on Snopes, they'll say, well, it's mostly false that characterization that I just gave you because in California it's already legal. Uh, the, those, those rules already apply to a male, female sex. And so now what they've done is make it the same rule for homosexual sex. Instead of going back and fixing the law that a man, 24 year old man couldn't have sex with a, 14-year-old girl and not be registered as a sex offender, they've now made it equally as legal between uh, homosexual sex. And you can't help but notice that this is right in time for the revelations that uh, Ghislaine Maxwell is going to be making at trial. It passed the legislature, the California legislature passed a bill allowing, uh, sex between an adult and a young minor and not necessarily be put on the sex offender register. (sighs) 
You wonder how much longer this nation can survive this level of degeneracy. So let's talk about pro sports just a little bit. I've checked out in all pro sports. My Well, I still watch uh, UFC fights. My last holdout for team sports was the, NF, uh, the uh, NHL, the hockey. I always watch the Stanley Cup playoffs and, and championships. But of course, now the NHL has followed the NBA and the NFL into their woke self-destruction. The ratings for professional sports have collapsed. Mark Cuban was on Twitter telling everybody, are you ready to watch some NBA? Well, immediately he got uh, so hammered that he had to close the comments on Twitter. But their ratings in the NBA are down about 25%, the lowest in many, many years. Over at the NFL, they are now putting... Uh, stickers on their helmets with the name of Jacob Blake. Jacob Blake, a guy who molested or raped, I'm not sure which, a 15-year-old girl. The NFL is now putting his name on their helmets. This is the same NFL you might remember that refused to allow the Dallas Cowboys to put a star on their helmet in honor of the five police officers that were were murdered, assassinated at that Black Lives Matter, mostly peaceful protest a few years back. Well, that takes us to the end of this edition of Right Now. I want to thank you for joining us. And I hope you'll come back here again tomorrow for Hear More Me Run My Mouth right here on the Mojo 5.0 Radio Network. We'll talk to you then. 